Against All Odds is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. It has great odds and markets for MLB, NFL, PGA Tour, and so much more awesome new and existing user promotions. It's America's number one sportsbook because it's easy to use, because it's safe and secure, and because you get your winnings fast. Now, winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours, and it's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. Discover the most popular same game parlays each day, right when you log in. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code against all odds so they know I send you. Take it away, Dickie. Against All Odds, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. It's Tuesday, July 5th, my birthday. No degenerate trifecta today. I gave myself a break from Harry on my birthday. You got to live a little, you really do. But I do have a very special treat. As a child of the 70s, I have the foremost authority on everything 70s nostalgia. His Twitter account is a must-follow. He is the Rod Carew of Twitter, I would say. The highest batting average of laughs. Amongst all of them, let's all hop in the station wagon and meet the man behind Super 70 Sports. Ricky Cobb is here. What's happening, Ricky? Sal, it is a, it is a great day anytime <laughs> that I meet up with you. Uh, my compliments on the headwear today. You're looking even more handsome than usual. Yes, I am wearing a thank you for the uh, compliment. I'm wearing a Super 70s hat. It's one of the many uh, great items you could buy. And I'm going to plug the shit out of this. Super70sports.com. <laughs> I'm sorry, super70sportsstore.com. Now, you got a bunch of double S's in there between 70s and sports and, and sports and store. But do yourself a favor. Go on there. Find it. I love it. I mean, you make me laugh five times a day. I feel like I could uh, buy a shirt every now and then or a hat. Um, uh, I, by the way, I, I think I would be off Twitter if not for you. I, I'm, not, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. Um, the, do people tell you that? Do other people tell you that? Yeah, I actually get that pretty often. And uh, I spend so much more time creating content on Twitter that I'm not really browsing Twitter, probably a whole heck of a lot. But sometimes when I do, I, I kind of realize where they're coming from. You know, I, I yeah. provide a sanctuary, I think, from some of the day to day fatigue uh, that, that you're going to find on on Twitter with people bickering over this and that and whatever the controversy of the day is. Yeah. And so that's a good thing. You're so busy creating content that you don't have to uh, you don't have to inject yourself into this nonsensical world. We live in aside from that. But by the way, someone did try to I lose track of the years. It might have been five years ago or six months ago. Someone tried to steal this account. This wonderful account from you, right? Was that two years ago? Yeah, that was that was two years ago. That was a that was a pretty harrowing I- experience for me. Uh, not the best, you know, right in the middle of COVID. Yeah, as well. So uh, I, I figure I, I, I survived that. So uh, it, it only made me stronger. But yeah, it, it definitely gave me an increased uh, appreciation. I was out of the account for almost two weeks. I I wasn't even a blue check. Right at the time. So uh, I, I didn't get the fast track uh, remedy to my problem, uh, maybe that uh, that a blue checker would get. But I hope to uh, I hope to never find myself in that position again. But yeah, that, you were, uh, that, that sucked. 
I, I remember you freaking out you because you did. Like you said, you had to start from scratch and, you, you know, your, your most loyal jumped right in there. I think you had like almost 30,000 um, of your 600,000 right away. But, yeah, it is a uh, scary shit. You know, listen, I think like the January 6th hooligan should be prosecuted, but I'm more concerned with this guy. Did, did anything happen? I'm assuming it's a man who stole this from you. I, I don't know who did it. I, uh. I think that it was a foreign attack. Uh, unlike January 6th, I think the, the culprits were uh, somewhere overseas and foreign, like uh, Louis, like Louis Tiant foreign or a foreign, someone we don't know. <laughs> like, uh, like uh, the, uh, the, the upstart uh, golf tour for <laughs> the live tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Excellent. same people that uh, got Phil Mickelson uh, in, in trouble uh, were, were uh, uh, right. fucking with my account. You know, I was looking just at your name, Ricky Cobb, and it really is kind of perfect for all of it. You know, I know you're a huge baseball fan. I, you really look like you could go steal bases and go off and spike a foreigner in the kneecap at the same time with a name <laughs> like Ricky Cobb. But it worked out um, perfectly. I do want to set up for people who aren't familiar and shame on you if you aren't with Ricky's account. So let's go over the tropes and you tell me if I've missed any. Right. Um, all right. Uh, all right. So there's. Uh, the 70s, it's mostly 70s. You'll throw 80s in there and 90s. It's, it's, it's retro. It's a retro account. And then some a-hole will call you out on it. It's like, stick to 70s. And it's like, no, what, you don't tell me what to do. This is my account. You snap right back. Do you hate those people? Do you block them immediately? <laughs> um, sometimes it amuses me. Yeah. Sometimes it pisses me off. <laughs> sometimes I block them. Uh, sometimes I think about responding and I don't, I I think I've learned to uh, grin and bear it a a little bit better. I've mellowed slightly. I don't know if that's what my audience wants because it seems like when I take somebody out behind the woodshed and smack them around a little bit, the, uh, the audience likes that. I but. like it. I'll speak for me and some of my uh, idiot <laughs> friends. I like it. And when they they get on you for using profanity and you come back uh, 10 times as strong with the, basically a scar, a Scarface impression, I, I love it. I love every bit of it. But OK, so let's let's go over the tropes. You tell me again if I missed anything. Um, In the 70s, um, parents didn't give a shit about their kids, right? <laughs> no shits to give about anything. My, my yes. mother was overprotective by 70s standards and probably would, uh, they'd probably take me away from her in 2022. <laughs> the, the, the goalposts have shifted so far since the 70s on what constitutes an, an overprotective parent. And this runs, you illustrate this, this runs the gamut from, um, well, I would say like uh, school equipment, like playground equipment, where it was just like a, an abyss of like, I don't know how there wasn't one seven concussions in every playground every day. Right. I mean, explain some of these ridiculous um, mazes that they had built for kids on the basically we used to call them monkey bars. But um, what you show is just spectacular. Darwinian. Yeah. In a word, Sal, uh, some of the equipment, a lot of us will remember the the, the merry-go-rounds where you just, you got as many kids on there as you could. And then the biggest kid, you know, the kid that had been held back a couple of times would start uh, propelling it mm-hmm. with, with great force. And uh, you held on for dear life. And if you got thrown off, you got thrown off. Uh, they, they treated the wounded after recess and the survivors went back to class. Some of the yeah. uh, slides 
are it's unbelievable. Not only were they sitting out cooking in the sun, hotter than a 1975 McDonald's apple pie. Oh, that's another one. Yep. Flesh, flesh, the smell of burning 10-year-old flesh <laughs> and no guardrails of any kind. Uh, some of these almost look like theme park attractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a just a tall ladder, basically, and we just left it to kids to climb up there, not push each other off. I, I it's it's unfathomable by today's standards, where everything's plastic, everything's rounded. We've got mulch and rubber and crash mm-hmm. pads everywhere because we wouldn't want Austin to get a get a scratch. Uh, or Tyler to uh, skin his knee, mm-hmm. but uh, back in our day, uh, the playground equipment was uh, uh, apparently de- designed by uh, the, the, the same people that were making instruments of war. <laughs> right, and and to your point, you you conclude by saying, you know, I probably didn't work out great for some of these kids, but. Uh, a lot of times it made us stronger. Maybe not necessarily the playground equipment, but you show pictures of, um, I don't know, just uh, the, the cars, for uh, for instance. I mentioned um, I mentioned station wagons, no seatbelts, um, fathers feeding their sons beer, right? Uh, fathers standing up in roller coasters. Uh, it, it just, it was a different time. And you, you think like we're more, they didn't really care about our feelings as much. Let's just say that, right? You were expected to walk it off. Rub yeah. some dirt on it and walk it off, son, was, was a real thing back then. And look, maybe there's a happy medium somewhere between uh, the 70s and today. But as I've done this for going on almost eight years now, I have come to appreciate that some of the things in the 70s, maybe we were closer to right on uh, than we are. I think we've evolved away in in certain aspects culturally uh, from uh, common sense uh, right. in, in, in at least some ways. And of course, you know, time marches on. Some things get better, but not everything gets better. Sometimes things in certain areas of life can get worse. And I think maybe we were better off back in the days when we had more freedom. We were able to explore. Certainly, we were outside more often than kids today because we didn't have a thousand things to take up our uh, attention uh, in this digital age. Right. And so we looked to enter- entertain ourselves outside, and we had not a heck of a lot of parental supervision. So uh, it, it got kind of dicey sometimes. And, and you're right. A lot of my followers will attest to the fact that they feel like they're better off for it. And as you sort of alluded to earlier, the the kids that it didn't work out so well for, well, th- they're not here to register their complaints, I That's guess. That's true. Yes, unfortunately, they're not. Yeah. But to your point, and you brought it up, like we had no choice. We had to be outside. And a lot of times our parents didn't care or didn't know where we were until seven o'clock or maybe later. Um, you know, I don't want to make this like this was 100 years ago. But the other thing is. This is what we had to do because, as you point out so many times, the gaming systems were ridiculously simple. And um, while we were excited to play Pong or, you know, you stepped it up uh, with Space Invaders, I think you showed the other day that forget it. That was like that was uh, that was Disney World for for anybody. But, uh, yeah, it was shit what we were presented with (laughs) video wise. It was terrible. And. At the time, though, right, we compare the past to to what we know. I I always say that 
I don't want to know what the cool stuff is going to be a hundred years from now, because I would probably just curl up in the fetal position and, and feel sorry for myself at how primitive my life is. But in, in 1980, mm-hmm. playing uh, Space Invaders on an Atari 2600 was state-of-the-art baller entertainment. And I even remember uh, when Pac-Man was finally uh, released by uh, Atari, the home oh, yeah. version of Pac-Man. And even at the time, you knew that it wasn't very good. It was just sort of donk, 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 donk as he mm-hmm. went around the screen rather than waka waka because I guess that's all that the technology would afford. But By the way, he okay. didn't even, his mouth wouldn't go upwards when you when you moved the Pac-Man upwards. It would just go up, you know, with his mouth still chewing to the side, it would go up. Like that was, yeah, they was couldn't terrible. even get that right. Yeah. Yeah, I would encourage anybody who doesn't remember that after you watch this, go to YouTube and just pull up Atari 2600 Pac-Man and you'll see right. what we're talking about. It was hot garbage, but I'll be damned if we didn't spend hours in front of the TV uh, having the time of our lives. Well, speaking of hot garbage, the adapter would become so hot. And, you know, my <laughs> grandmother, my father's mother, actually Jimmy Kimmel's grandmother, too, would play for hours on end after she would cook. Or before she would cook, after, uh, after, uh, I mean, all of your favorites, Family Feud and, uh, you know, Password and all those, she would go and play Pac-Man and she didn't realize Jimmy and I, more Jimmy, would be playing for her because there were two controls, right? There was control left and control right. And she was bad at it and she'd get very frustrated. So Jimmy would control her Pac-Man. And by then we memorized the maze so that we could at least get to the second or third board. So she was excited, but um, it ended up being a bad thing because I think we blew up a few of the, I guess you would call it adapters in the wall. They would get hot pretty fast and they were unforgiving. Do you remember that? I remember it well. You you always had to be on channel three. Yes. Right. right. That was the, at least that's the way mine was. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it's so funny. Some things never change. Like even even now with the the more sophisticated gaming systems, which are distant relatives from what you and I are talking about, uh, my kids will have me try to play and and laugh at how I can't do it right. But in my defense, there's like 24 things on the controller nowadays. Back in right. our day, the thing that's amazing to me, looking back on it, is there was at least with the Atari, there's one stick. Mm-hmm. And one button, red button. And stick, our stick parents went, were, our yeah. parents and grandparents were still overmatched. You know, <laughs> right. it was like we. It's like we had put them in the cockpit of a a seven forty seven. But you know, they didn't grow up with any video games at all. So I guess it's understandable when when you think about what their childhoods were like. Exactly. Yes. What was the first sports game that you remember being cool? Like, again, we were glad to have anything. And I think the basketball was one on one and baseball was awful. Baseball. um, What was it? It was like Activision then started making decent what we thought decent sports games. But I think the first one I remember and even this was shit was in television football. Uh, George Plimpton used to do the commercials for it. Do you remember one that you were like, all right, now we've arrived? I do remember that in television's graphics, as George Plimpton so uh, you know sophisticatedly uh, <laughs> informed us, were were superior. Uh, still, still pretty bad. Really uh, lame. Yeah. Look back on it now, but uh, I think the Activision games. Uh, you're right. I remember. Uh, I liked Activision tennis. Mm-hmm. I liked Activision skiing. Skiing was good. Yep. Which was a, was a pretty good one, but. 
for for my money, the the best sports games when I was like eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, it, it, it's still for me those Mattel handheld oh, yeah. electronic games with the red blips. Right. Uh, it, even now, if uh, I have an opportunity to, to to play one of those, and heck, I I think half of them still work. They were they were built yeah. to last uh, somehow those games, but I, I know they've re-released some of them. And I got a football game for my daughter, and I sat down and I played that thing for a good hour, and it brought back a lot of memories. But yeah, and um, those were just the- like six red dots, and two of them would block and disappear as the block was picked up, and then one would run through, and uh, across the entire field was ten yards, and if you could do that for 80 yards, you would get a touchdown. But if you were playing somebody, you could also cheat. If you were stuck on fourth down, you could go through a couple of possessions if they weren't uh, standing nearby. And right, right. You could like kind of screw around and, and get the ball back. Yeah. Gamesmanship was, exactly. uh, was a big part of it for sure. And <laughs> the did, first version yeah. of it, you couldn't even pass. That's right. Uh, yeah. You couldn't football pass. One, the, football two, you could do a little screen pad. Football two was kind of like a, uh, Matt uh, Matt Nagy uh, the playbook, yeah. you know it was it was it was a lot of screen passes and running, but we we were we were having uh, the time of our life anyway. Well, and then because before that, what did we have? Electric football, the worst game ever put together. In fact, for the people I want put away, I would put uh, a number one on the list: the the asshole who stole your account a couple years back. Number two, the guy who invented electric football. And three, we'll put the January six uh, insurrectionist. But uh, yeah, that never worked. The, the electric football. You would line these guys up, you turn it on, and they would buzz around on this metal field. And I, I don't know, the running back was supposed to gain yards that way. Like that nobody moved where they were supposed to move. I think the insurrection actually uh, <laughs> made more sense than, right. than electric football. I, I, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where you're the, the running back would go in circles, it, but it looks so good right yeah. before you, you know, started the play. It was a thing of absolute beauty. And I, I always convinced myself that the next play was going to be the one where it kicked in mm-hmm. and it was going to look like a real football game. And it, and it never happened. And, and I still don't know how to complete a pass. Oh, no way. The, yeah, the no, foam, it's stupid. The little foam ball, it, it, you know, it was lost within 10 minutes. The dog mm-hmm. ate it. It was gone. And I, I don't think I ever completed a pass. Yeah, at least the commercials for the other toys, like the Evil Knievel thing, like you, they they could make it so that it looked, oh wow, it really did jump over a creek here, you know, like well, uh, this never had a chance. I, I remember even the commercial looking like, eh, this is a little sketchy, but everybody had this game. It was really something else. Uh, I'm trying to think what other games. Yeah, so because uh, I bought the Atari, it was like yeah, you, know, you can get it for like fifty five dollars, and you you plug in an adapter, and I thought it'd be cool, show the kids what I had to grow up with. But my perspective was not like, look how good you have it. Mine was like, you're going to love combat. You're going to love asteroids. You're going to love space invaders. And you would have thought I lined my three boys up and kicked them all in the nuts separately. I mean, they spent exactly six minutes playing this uh, pitiful game. It's it's funny how how our memories work sometimes. Right. I, I look back on some of these things and I think about all the hours and hours and hours of fun that I that I had playing Atari. And we got one of these little cheap. I think we bought it at Walgreens or something. It was like 20 bucks and it had 50 or 60 uh, uh, old Atari games on it. And you just plugged it straight into the TV. Right. And that's what I had. I yep. was 
I was telling my kids how great it was going to be. And oh, wait, oh, it's got this on it. It's got that on it. And uh, not only did they not like it, I, I kind of realized that uh, <laughs> maybe my childhood wasn't as good as I thought it was because I suppose I've gotten spoiled uh, since then because some of the games that I loved at the time is pretty rough. Yeah, this is gar. Like, what am I arguing for? This is garbage. Go back to watching uh, Mr. Beast. You're, you're fine. Um, but like you said, there were things that were better. I'm not sure this go. Like, you showed TV dinners. You could count on TV dinners, right? Um, you show lunch ladies, and you I, you make a joke about it. it's really funny. I, I'm I'm gonna botch it. Uh, I'll take one of these <laughs> one of these heroes over a DoorDash delivery uh, driver any day. And but I could taste the pizza. How much would you give to have a slice of that pizza? Every Friday, you would get pizza from the lunch ladies. Oh. I remember it being very, very cheesy, but uh, satisfying at the same time. It was, it was, you know, it was the school equivalent of a ballpark hot dog mm-hmm. is what it was. But hot dogs taste better at the ballpark. I don't know why. I don't know how. But you can confirm this, right? A yeah. ballpark hot dog is the best hot dog it's it's the it's the atmosphere and so something about the those rectangle pizzas you should probably i think back at my school they you always got the uh corn mm-hmm. that day pizza and corn it's what's what's more american than that i don't know <laughs> and the, and no the, milk, sense, the small milk that, yep yeah that's what it was and absolutely even the kids who brought their own lunch were jealous on pizza day mm-hmm I'll tell you what, I, I often think about this, probably too much, but how much was lunch, do you remember, like the the, the lowest it was for you? Oh, God, it was, it, I, you know, it was super cheap. What, yeah. what, what, what was it, like under a buck, right? Oh, I think 55 cents is what I remember. Yeah. Everyone was outraged when it went to 65 cents, but how much would you want to be a show-off to step in there now and just be like, give me 10 slices of pizza? I got, I got, I got five fifty burning a hole in my, uh, my, my hey, pocket here. If yeah. I could go back, if, if there was a time machine and I could just go back for one day, maybe a Friday, treat myself to a few slices of pizza, take the quarters that were left over to the arcade after school. You yeah, could, you could have a worse day than that if you uh, if you wanted to time travel. Absolutely, absolutely. So those are amongst uh, many things you make fun of. Now in the sports world. Um, baseball players, sports athletes in general, they did not give a shit about how they pose for their baseball card photos, right? You, you love, uh, that you get a lot of mileage out of this. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the old school cards are a lot of fun, a lot of bad airbrushing, a lot of, a lot of guys that who looked inexplicably old mm-hmm. back in the, back in the days of hard drinking and smoking and you, you, you had some 26 year olds in the major leagues who looked like they had four sons in high school. And, right. <laughs> and, I, and I don't know exactly how that worked, but uh, the, the, the classic cards, things like that, of that era, I get a lot of mileage from it. Yeah. And just like, I mean, I love the, the Johnny LaMaster one is uh, I know that's a go-to of yours. This, I mean, he just looks like, just looks like he just woke up and has nothing going and complete, complete white out <laughs> in his face. <laughs> like, what did you say? He's deficient of every vitamin known to man or something like that. Yeah. Deficient in every vitamin and mineral <laughs> known to mankind. I mean, I'm worried about it. just go to the doctor. Yeah. He didn't look good. 
<laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for your health. This is bigger than baseball. Right. And they're, they're running him out there every day, hitting eight, going over three <laughs> and playing average defense. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but you, you, every team had uh, one or maybe two, uh, maybe three, if you could, three or four, if you count the guys on the bench, infielders who were doing well to hit their weight and yeah. it was real important. They could turn a double play. So they were, they were valuable men. Oh, I, I, then I, I rooted for the Mets in the late seventies. And so it was Felix Mion. It was Frank Tavares. It was Doug Flynn. You were lucky if one of those three hit like 240. You know, I remember Doug Flynn had 60 RBIs one year. It was like game 160 and Bob Murphy just losing his shit about it. Like, wow, <laughs> 60. That's something yeah. else. Yeah. That's, that's like a 100 plus RBI year for a, for a normal human oh, being. Oh, yeah. Oh, he'd get paid uh, Aaron Judge money. Yeah, he would, he would get a ton. Um, and then just just the names, um, too, that you see on these cards. You don't see any dick poles anymore. <laughs> you don't see any, you don't see many dicks anymore, period. We finally <laughs> caught on culturally yeah. to the fact that if you, na- if you call your son dick, it, it's going to be a problem for him. So it, it took a while. There was a lag. But uh, unfortunately, I think our society's worse off for it, Sal. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see more dicks out there. Maybe you think Dick will ever make a comeback? No, you're right. I hadn't thought of it that way. I'd love to see more dicks out there, too. Yeah, yeah I want to see some dicks. I can't believe it. Who was the last? Yeah, you'd have like Dick Williams, um, Dick Paul, uh, Dick Allen, right? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not there's not a lot. There's Dickies, right? Or uh, yeah. D- Dickie, yeah, there's not even too yeah, many of those. You, don't, you mm-hmm. don't see it. I remember uh, Dick Davis, mm-hmm. I think, outfielder with Milwaukee. There were, I know we're probably forgetting a few off the top of our head, but it was a, there, there were a lot of dicks back in those days, and it, it didn't occur to anybody that there was anything funny about it. That's, right. the, that's the amazing part. I don't know. We were, maybe we were less self aware, but when you're naming a kid, you, you, you gotta, you gotta try to uh, bully proof it. If yeah, you can't, yeah, every exactly. parent knows that. Right. You know, I'm with you. I hadn't thought about it, but, uh, and I'm comfortable enough with my sexuality to say, bring back the dicks. Let's see some more. Um, bring them back. I want to see some dicks. <laughs> At least on baseball cards. All right. So, <laughs> and then there's like the football stuff. Like I can never get enough of cars being parked on the field in the background. Um, why did this happen and why did it stop? Do you think I, I'm going to tell you, I honestly don't know. And I like it better that way. Okay. I, I always prefer to create my own alternate history with the, with the tweets right. that suggest why it was. And I have a lot of fun with saying that Kojak was having a stakeout in the end zone or <laughs> uh, Joe Pesci and De Niro are, are going to whack somebody, uh, you know, at halftime or, or, or whatever the deal was. But, uh, San Diego, uh, Jack Murphy Stadium was one where you see a lot of photos of that. Uh, Three Rivers in Pittsburgh is probably the best example. There's actually a, yeah. a, a great video of uh, uh, Bradshaw throwing a bomb to uh, Lynn Swan. Lynn Swan, I remember you posted and, uh, this. Overthrows him, and you know Swan is making a gallant effort for it, and he can't slow down before he comes up on this Plymouth. Or, or whatever's parked back there, and he just sprawls out over it, uh, damn near kills himself. And uh, now, nowadays, though, everything's about load management and making sure that <laughs> nobody gets hurt. And 
we had an obstacle course of uh, of vehicles for uh, all pro wide receivers to navigate around. And it never occurred to anybody that that might make for a bad return on investment. Well, I used to think it was like a prize, right? Like win this brand new uh, Daihatsu charade or something, and they'll they'll put it in the end zone or be, not in the end zone, but behind the end zone to to um, showcase it. But no, you're right. And then I saw more of yours. I'm like, holy shit, that car is about 15 years old. Just in that <laughs> picture, I'm looking at it. And I wonder what, did someone go through the wind? Did a Lin Swan like end up going through a windshield or something? Like, When did they say... Uh, the, enough is enough with this. Maybe they decided, hey, we could put seats in here um, and actually make money or and, and it, no one would it, get hurt. It, it just harkens back to the, this idea that it, nobody thought that was a bad idea. It was this went on for years. Yeah. You, you know, Swan's not the only guy that ran into a Buick right. during the course <laughs> of that time. I don't, the foot NFL films must have must have it in the archives somewhere uh, of this, but yeah, there were multiple cars parked out there. And as you said, not new. They weren't in showroom condition uh, by, by any means. So uh, it, it's it's inexplicable. I don't know the real reason for it. And I haven't looked very hard because uh, sometimes the mystery uh, in, in leaving it ambiguous is more fun. Yeah. And by the way, Lynn Swan was nimble. I think he did ballet. You got some of these drunk, uh, hardcore receivers probably didn't know what hit him. Um, after like a, <laughs> a tight end, literally would, kicking the tires. Have, have, at least it would be a fair fight if it was a tight end, I yeah. guess. You know, maybe he would leave a den in the car rather than the other way around. Right. It's like, okay, you have the goalpost in front of the end zone. So <laughs> once you avoid that, there's going to be a, a Chevy Cavalier behind about 15 yards beyond that. But if you're, if you get by bows, you should be in the clear, uh, go get the, take the football, put it, put <laughs> you, it on your you map. Wrigley Field. I think the bears played at Wrigley until 1970 and they literally had like eight inches between the back of the end zone and, and the, the wall. In the wall. Oh, oh my God. And, oh. It, and there's actually one photo uh, I, I've tweeted before. I'm not sure if it's the 50s or the 60s. I'm going to guess it's the 60s. Uh, there, there's a band in the end zone. The band is taking up <laughs> probably 20% of the end zone. So the, you know, the defense didn't have to worry about a pass or, or a sweep to the right because the tuba guy is... Uh, is going to help them out with that one. It's in it, 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 nowadays, of course, everything, I think everything has to be perfect now. So we've got a, we need the automated strike zone. We need to review every, every uh, ball that bounces off of a basketball player's knee right. uh, at a critical juncture. We've got to challenge this and that. And I, I don't mean this as an overall commentary on instant replay, but, it just goes to show you how, in some ways, uh, we we took it less seriously mm -hmm. back in the old days that we we weren't hyper uh, worried about everything being just perfect. And certainly, you look at Veteran Stadium and the and the AstroTurf and, and and Three Rivers, but the Vet, of course, was notorious. Uh, it was it was ACL roulette. Yeah, uh, every time they kicked off. I think and, your comment yeah. is I tore my ACL just looking at this picture or something, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and again, you know, you would think uh, if Harold Carmichael played for me, right. I, I, pro I probably want to fix the turf, you know, <laughs> right. but uh, back in those days we were just kind of like, well, that's just how it is. 
Yeah, and the players union complained and, uh, you know, rightfully so on, on some of these cases. But and then you'll show just like Jack Lambert, just just jackhammering a, a quarterback to the ground. And uh, your comment a lot of times is guaranteed there was no no uh, penalty um, <laughs> incest here. Right. Yeah. In many cases, there's one that I really love that I've tweeted before. It's it's Bradshaw mm-hmm. and he's scrambled and uh, he doesn't slide because we hadn't gotten. We hadn't gotten to that point yet, you know, and so Bradshaw's just running and he's out. Of, he goes out of bounds and he's like a good three feet out of bounds. I think it's Bobby Bell from the Chiefs just knocks him into next week. And I, I think I tweeted it and said uh, uh, that was a good hit. Bradshaw was still inside the stadium. And, <laughs> right. And that's kind of how that's kind of how we looked at it. And I seriously doubt that there was a flag on that play. You know, the the, the defense got a lot of latitude in uh-huh. the NFL when I was a kid. Where did you feel like, uh, or maybe you haven't, did you ever feel like you went too far with the tweet? Oh, gosh. Uh, maybe there's been a time or, or three. Um, I, I've, I've been pretty lucky because I, I like to, I think anybody who, anybody who is working in comedy, who is serious about what they do and are, trying to do it with some level of skill. Sometimes you want to push up against the boundary just to find where the boundary is. Right. Mm -hmm. And there have been times that I've maybe crossed over it for the taste uh, uh, of my audience uh, once or twice. Uh, But I'm I'm pretty lucky for, for as much uh, wild shit as I've tweeted and Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as many, uh, you know, as many earlobes as I, as I've flicked, uh, over the course of the time that I've been doing this, I haven't, I haven't, uh, you know, had the posse uh, c- come after me for my sins uh, very often. That's so good. I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that regard. You know what's interesting, and you know, uh, maybe you don't know this, but there's some times of the day where you're not supposed to tweet. Like our my social media manager will say, um, let's say like uh, Russia just invaded Ukraine. Like, hey man, uh, maybe it's uh, just just an embargo no no tweets for a couple hours here right and then you'll you'll be the only one going strong and i'm like all right <laughs> i will let super 70 shoot four times not no pun intended bad pun intended um before i can go then i'll then i'll know it's time but do you, you don't keep track of that stuff <laughs> i look no i mean i i tune i tune all of that stuff yeah. out so right. for me, I'm doing what I'm doing and I, and I hope that it's a service, you know, I, I, nothing would ever be intended to be disrespectful. Uh, yes. Well, when do people of- need to laugh the most when things are yeah. the shittiest, right? Yeah. I mean, look, if, if World War III were to break out tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to be tweeting about Telly Savalas. I just don't give a fuck. Right. You got to so, get that Johnny LeMaster tweet out. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because what am I going to do? I'm not going to stop the war. I, you yeah. know, I can't affect the news, but you know, to, to the extent that I can have an impact, if somebody mm-hmm. is stressing out over it and they want to tune that out and they want to feel some sense of normalcy, then you can always come to super seventies where I'm kind of just doing my own thing. So if, if you're not liking what's on the news, come and look at what I'm doing because it's, it's not really going to reflect uh, the real world, a whole heck of a lot. Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with Ricky Cobb, the great Ricky Cobb. So, 
Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook right now. New customers can bet the tour with a no-sweat first bet. And if you don't win, you get up to $1,000 back in free bets. Yes, great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app, and you get paid fast. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code against all odds to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. FanDuel Sportsbook, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Promo code against all odds. All right, so now I saw, Ricky, that Dale Murphy responded to one of your tweets the other day. Do you have, and that, that must be very, very exciting. Do you have any other childhood heroes ever respond or comment on one of your tweets? I, you often retweet it when it happens. I can't remember this. There's definitely uh, several. Yeah, there there have been a lot. I'm I'm fortunate. I you know obviously when I was a kid, I I wouldn't have uh, been able to conceptualize the internet or Twitter or or any of the specifics of where I am in my life. But in terms of the relationships and, and acquaintances I've made through doing this, I'm absolutely living fifteen year old Ricky Cobb's wet dream mm-hmm. every day of my life and. Um, you know, I'm convinced that one day I'm going to wake up and, you know, I'll, I'll probably have COVID <laughs> and this was a fever dream, but, uh, th- there've been many, uh, Rod Carew the other day, uh, made a very nice unprompted, uh, endorsement of, of what I do. And, nice. uh, j- just, just so many guys from, uh, whether you're talking about, uh, people from Hollywood or athletes, um, the people that are in, in the entertainment industry, uh, people who are serious journalists or politicians in some cases from all walks of life. I, I think the thing that I'm proudest of is that uh, somehow or another, I have threaded a needle, it seems, where what I do cuts across uh, a lot of different demographics. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is a place where people who maybe sometimes otherwise wouldn't have a whole hell of a lot in common can come together and commune with each other about topics that are safe for them to uh, I- engage about without it turning into a, a bitch fest uh, like so much of Twitter can be. Right. I'm curious. You probably know the answer. Have you ever looked at the analytics to see who your your core audiences. I'm guessing it's not um, 15 year old girls, but uh, <laughs> what, what do we think? Like guys, fellas our age, I think we're like a year apart. Early 50s. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah I'm 50. It, mm-hmm. It's uh, p- predominantly male, predominantly uh, pretty well educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, uh, a mixture financially, you know, uh, of uh, social classes. Uh, I do have a lot of uh, faithful female followers for for which I'm grateful. But it, but you know, it skews a, a, a little Gen X, skews male. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I have to tell you, I, I have a lot more younger followers than some people uh, might might imagine. Um, particularly, I think as the account has gotten a higher profile, it has. Uh, I think started to bring in a wider uh, demographic. I certainly have a lot of millennials that uh, enjoy the content, but I, I you know, I, I see lots of times uh, college kids and in some cases I'll even get emails from 
uh, people who are in high school or, or college telling me how much they enjoy it. And I think in some cases it's a uh, sort of a bonding thing yeah. between, between generations because it, it opens up the doors of conversation, not only between, you know, buddies. I have people tell me all the time that they're, you know, shooting texts back and forth between their friends. But, you know, when somebody says that they're doing that with their dad or something like that, that for me is pretty cool because, uh, you know, if I'm able to sort of bridge a gap and, and, and give the generation something to talk about, because, you know, the people from our generation, we remember it and we want to talk about it because we've got we've got a take on these things. Yeah. And for the younger folks, it's a, it's a whole new world to them that uh, in many cases, they're not aware of a lot of this stuff and, and they enjoy learning about it. So it, it's, it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. What the hell's an Etch-A-Sketch? What's the point? Why would anyone have a television that weighed um, uh, 750 pounds and couldn't, you, you couldn't get it off the floor? Like these is not really questions that there are no answers to it. I do have a question that maybe you do, have an answer to who was your 70s crush oh wow um my 70s crush uh gotta be linda carter oh yeah uh 100 linda carter um as uh, a lot of the guys who follow the feed uh probably know i, I like to do linda carter breaks mm-hmm. periodically so when i'm in need of uh uh, an easy tweet that I know is going to get a lot of retweets and likes and maybe, uh, maybe the synapses aren't firing so well that day. And so I just want to, I just want to put a run on the board and and I can't think of anything funny in the moment. I can always throw up a photo of Linda Carter and, uh, guys our age will respond to that because Wonder Woman was, uh, uh, one of the most beautiful women to to ever walk the earth. Still, she's still beautiful. She was but, spectacular. Uh, yes, absolutely. Mine was a, a maybe a little less glamorous by Hollywood standards, but Christy McNichol. And then I came to learn that she would not be well. She wouldn't be interested in me anyway, but not interested in in my kind at all. I don't think. But that was because a lot of that we saw, which leads to my next question: is like was on Battle of the Network Stars, in which I was going to ask you like. If you had to say the greatest sports moment of the 80s, what is it? A lot of people would say, do you believe in miracles? It happened like right at the beginning of the 80s, right? Uh, the U.S. hockey team beating Russia. But of the 70s, you're getting into, you know, I don't know. You could say Colton Fisk, the home run, whatever. You could say, you know, Aaron breaking Roots record. But a lot of it was like these fringe events like Evil Knievel jumping the Snake River Canyon or or these dumb Battle of the Network Stars events, right? Was that with uh, Conrad versus Gabe Kaplan? Like that, that, I, I will, I remember that vividly. And like oh, that, that rings as as loud as anything I saw sports wise in the seventies. Look, conservatively, Kaplan taking down Robert Conrad. Yeah, it, it's top ten seventies <laughs> sports for me. Right. You got Ali Foreman. Yeah. We can put that on the list. The fights were bigger with, uh, than yep. some of your examples that I would agree with. But when controversy erupted mm-hmm. at the Battle of the Network Stars, and of course, Howard Cosell, uh. Howard made it because anything that Howard called, Howard had one gear, and that gear was whatever you're watching is the most important fucking thing that has ever happened in the annals of sport. And he brought that energy to the yeah. Battle of the Network Stars. 
And so when you have a controversy, I think Telly uh, Savalas was prominently involved. He, he, his team wasn't involved, but Telly was stirring the pot. Mm-hmm. And how can any situation that involves Howard Cosell, Telly Savalas, Robert Conrad, and Gabe Kaplan be anything other than oh, I know. pure television magic? I, I was just going to say they have to bring that back, but you don't have those personalities. You don't have Telly, uh, uh, you don't have, uh, sorry, Howard Cosell worked in the mic and but it would be tremendous. I just don't, there's such a, I'm not sure how it would work politically between the networks, right? They did attempt to bring it back a few years ago. I think Mike Greenberg uh, was involved and and some other people, but the problem with it is that I think we're we're too self-aware now. Mm -hmm. The part of the reason that the battle of the network stars is such amazing theater is because they were actually unironically taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in 2022, you could get people to volunteer to be a part of a show like that, but there's a little too much wink and a nod right? and, and that kind of thing. The thing that really made it work is you had these, it was so absurd to watch Epstein from Welcome Back Cotter you know, just given everything he had yeah. in a in a tug of war with Penny Marshall, just <laughs> straining an ovary right. next to him, just trying to bring glory to ABC. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that 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 sincerity uh, is available to us culturally uh, anymore at this point in right. time. Right now, it's ballroom dancing. That's as competitive as it gets. And by the way, I think they moved that off ABC. I think it's like like on ABC Family or something. Dancing with the Stars, of course. Uh, yeah. All right. So Linda Card is a great answer. Um, trying to think the the other thing I was going to ask you. Where is it? Uh, oh, you you posted this the other day, and I feel like it was for me because you knew we were coming. You were coming on this show. What's the dumbest thing you've ever wagered money on? Um, <laughs> What was I, I? I didn't. I didn't see your answer for this. Uh, do you? Do you bet a lot? I'm not gonna. It's not gonna change at all how much I enjoy your content. Do you? Do you get to wager on sports? I do a little wagering, mm-hmm. but uh, no, I am. I have so many things going on in my life, and I know what a degenerate I really am at heart. So it's one of those things. People ask me sometimes. They say, "Well, you know, like if you." Uh, did you ever do drugs? Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've always liked Charles Barkley's answer about cocaine. Uh, when uh, Chuck said, I, I've never done cocaine because I was afraid I'd like it Yeah, too much. And I have always sort of taken that tact with gambling. I used to play a lot of fantasy sports mm-hmm. and I was, a, I was a fucking maniac. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things, sort of like Tony Montana, Right. And you know, there's a point in your life sometimes where like you just think to yourself, my God, who have I become? And uh, I, I think gambling and Ricky Cobb is a very dangerous combination. Okay. So that's I good. You have to know your limitations. Gambling, yeah. You know, but uh, I, I am not a big dog such as yourself, Sal. No, it's uh, listen, I'm, I'm, uh, it's something to be proud of. I thought only because you posed the, the question you had one yourself that you were either ashamed of or what the hell. I mean, I'm betting <laughs> my kid has a little league game in two hours and I'm going to have money on it with a parent like that. We're getting two and a half runs or something, but yeah, I, and I write my book I wrote on award shows and all sorts of nonsense. I've, I've been on wrestling. What could be worse than betting on professional wrestling? You, there's absolutely 
a scripted outcome. Sorry to blow it for people. That just that um, just adds another layer of uh, <laughs> of fun to it. Now, if I was going to gamble on anything in a serious way, pro wrestling might be it. I don't know where <laughs> you're doing your pro wrestling gambling, but if you if you want to let me in on that one, uh, all right, you you might be able to you might be able to. Uh, get me to up my bankroll a little bit if I, if I can do that. You know, they, they keep you honest about, first of all, they don't let you get rich off of it. I think they have like a $50 limit on some of it and, and it's the offshore accounts. I'm not even, I'll probably lose my FanDuel deal for even discussing this, but back <laughs> in the day when I bet on wrestling, when I didn't know better, shame on me. Yes, you could do that. And it wasn't always the, the big favorites that won. They would mix it up there and like uh Brock Lesnar, you know, the undertaker would lose to Brock Lesnar, you know, like, holy shit. He won 21 in a row, whatever it was at WrestleMania. He, he didn't win the second time. So, yeah, you'll lose just as much money betting on wrestling, believe it or not, uh, than anything else. Um, I do want to tell people, go to super70ssportstore.com. I have a bunch of T-shirts, and I wear them proudly. People And people pull me over there, you know, not in their cars, but they'll say, hey, where'd you get that shirt? And I tell them, super70 70s, super 70s sportsstore.com. I'll be wearing the, uh, the one that gets a lot of... Uh, no, it's is the strikeout. The um, what do you, what do you call it? with the folding chair with the lawn yeah. chair? The lawn strike chair zone. is the strike yeah. zone. Sorry, strike zone, and that's the strike zone for any wiffle ball game, right? Perfect. It was it was universal. I, I just felt that that was one of the first shirts uh, that that we designed in the store. I right. that. it was a shirt that I wanted to wear myself. I was selfish with that one. I was like, why is there not a shirt celebrating? Uh, the 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 uh, most impartial umpire of them all, mm-hmm. the shitty Walmart folded chair that uh, that you drag out there uh, always calls a, a, a fair game, and yeah. uh, I, I appreciate the fact that that's the shirt that you shouted out. You are you are a man of taste. Oh yeah. Oh, by the way, could that could that be a compromise between the purists who say no, we need umpires, and the newfangled fans who say no, 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 let's go computerized and say like. Maybe the maybe the lawn chair, like you said, it never lie, lies. Strike zone, get it it's out. It's straight there. up. We had we had automated umpires uh, forty years ago, so I, I don't know what has taken MLB so long right. to, uh, to come around. We were That's we were true. doing that between freeze pops and uh, and our snacks. Yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. And Regal Beagle, any of your favorite TV shows from the seventies and eighties, you have a shirt for it. It's all all terrific and. Follow super at super 70s sports. Give it a follow on Twitter. I'm not kidding. You'll laugh your ass off five to seven times a day. And uh, it's terrific. And give back to uh, Ricky at super 70s sports store.com. Ricky cop. Thanks so much for being here, pal. I appreciate it. Sal, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for your patronage. In addition to being one of America's foremost gambling experts <laughs> and, and really just kind of a kind of America's best friend. Uh, you are, you are in fact one of the one of the greatest customers in the history of Super Seventy. So a, a, a tip of the uh, of the cap to you, sir. And oh, thank good. you for having me on today. Well, I'll tell you what, you'll know when I hit Rick rock bottom uh, gambling wise when I stop ordering. Like when I go like two or three <laughs> weeks without uh, putting in an order. But uh, hopefully, knock wood, that doesn't happen for a while. Uh, thanks again, Rick. I appreciate it. That'll do it for another episode of Against the Lodge for the great Ricky Cobb. I'm Sal. Saying so long and happy handicapping. No, no, no.